stand for just a moment. I'm going to read just three verses, beginning in verse 22, read on through verse 24. The Bible says in verse 22, very familiar verses often to us, it says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You may be seated. Uh, what I want to share with you is, is we're uh, uh, Lord's allowing us to have uh, favor with God and favor with man. We're starting to see people get saved, and I'm excited about that as pastor. Uh, it's an exciting thing. I appreciate the Dukes, amen? And uh, God just really given a spark to that area, that outreach area, and so we're grateful for that. Uh, we want to see some of these people start walking through the door, but when they do, we want to be a help to these folks. They need to be discipled. They need to learn some things about the Scriptures. And by the way, all of us need to continue to learn the Scriptures. Amen? We need to be in the Bible on an ongoing basis. As a believer, you should be reading your Bible every day. So as we go into this, here's a principle that's here. And I want to talk about a life change because I believe when a person gets saved, their life begins to change. Let me say it again. <laughs> when a person gets saved... I believe according to the scriptures Amen. that a life begins to change. Amen. Our thoughts change. How we behave changes. The, the things that, that we did, maybe we do not any longer. And those things that we would not do, we end up doing those right things that we should be doing. And so we go into the scriptures and we look at something like this. And you imagine Paul talking here and he's talking about the former life. He's talking about what we were. And he gets down here to verse 22, and he brings up a point. And he says that you put off. It's an important point because here's the thing. God clearly says in the Scriptures there's some things that ought to go away. Would you agree? There's some things that ought to come out of our lives. Now, by the way, this is not just for the newly saved. <laughs> this is for us even now because sometimes there's some things that are in our life that we really need to get out of our lives. They don't need to be a part of our life, and we need to remove them. And so when I look in the Scriptures and I see this life change, it's, and I don't know about you, it's not my desire to move backwards in life, <laughs> except for in age sometimes. I woke up this morning, my knee was hurt, and had no clue why. And my wife said, you're 54. I said, shut up. <laughs> and there's sometimes you want to move backwards in age because things start to not work like they used to, Amen. <laughs> And so you have that, but most of the time we don't desire to move backwards in life uh, or our Christian life, but we want to continually move forward for Christ. I shared from this pulpit just a few weeks ago, with every lasting breath that's in me, I want to try to win as many souls to Christ as I possibly can, can before I leave this earth, and I have that in my heart. Every day I've asked God to let me speak to at least one person about Jesus Christ. God has not let me down. <laughs> And I'm so grateful to my God because he's faithful, isn't he? And so I'm asking the Lord now to build the work here, to build a strong foundation at Calvary Chapel, to help this work become very prosperous for the Lord. And that what we're doing here is that we want to glorify God through this ministry. And so our desire is not just numbers in the seats, but disciples that are on their way to heaven. <laughs> And I want to challenge us in our thinking. Uh, for, uh, for the sake of moving forward, I, I want you to just think about this just for a moment. Peer into your past for just a moment and consider 
what you were like before you got saved. And you say, well, I don't really remember a lot, but I remember my attitude and my spirit and my actions had nothing to do with the Word of God. And people that we're running into today know so little about God's Word. And by the way, that's pretty good sometimes because <laughs> they don't know anything. And what we want to teach them is truth and not some false religion and not something false about Jesus Christ. We want to teach them truth. And so as you think about this, let's just for a moment consider our own life and think about this. Before we were saved, what were we like? But now that you are saved, what are you like? Knowing that eternity is your home. And what is our attitude and our spirit like now? You see, the Bible says to put off some things, doesn't it? Now, by the way, this isn't about just being newly saved. This is for every Christian sitting in this room. There's some things we ought to put off sometimes. Would you agree? There's some things that are in our lives. We ought to get rid of them. And so there's that putting off. And so we have this eternity, and we're going to spend an eternity with Christ, and we've entered into this life because of what Christ did to us. And Paul kind of points out a pattern to be followed for a life change, if you will. To every Christian, to every believer, when you read this, don't think to yourself, boy, this would be good for the unsaved. <laughs> now, it would be good for the unsaved. When you pick up the Bible and read it, say, what is God speaking to my heart about right now? What is he speaking to you about? You see, sometimes we take it and we put it on to something else, but what is he talking to you about? What is he speaking to your own heart about? Now, as we go into this, uh, I want to challenge you in your thoughts this way. Are you following the biblical pattern to maintain and demonstrate a spiritually changed life? And what I mean by that is, is that we always ought to be maturing in our Christian life. We ought to be learning more, and we ought to be interested in the things of God and interested in Christ and interested in being more conformed to the image of Christ. We should have a growing interest in the Scriptures, not a lack of interest, not uh, apathy, but excitement. <laughs> we ought to open the Bible and say, man, <laughs> what does God have to say to me today? And we ought to have that kind of joy and excitement in our lives. Now, the wonderful thing about the Scriptures is, is it tells you how to live right. Amen? tells you things you ought to do. You know, part of that is, is God says, you know, there's some things ought to be coming out of your life. There's some things you ought to do away with because it's hindering your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord provides this pattern of a changed life for the believer. And, and what I want to challenge you with is this. To maintain a biblical life of change, I think there's a three-step process right here, and it's not hard. He said, put off, renew your mind, and put on. That's not hard, is it? Now, how many of you have heard this verse over and over again preached? Amen? So what I'm going to do for a moment is I'm going to spend time on putting off. What is it that we have to get rid of? What are the things in our lives that we should get rid of? What are some things that are hindering my personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, as we look at this, this first step is to put off the old man. And so uh, the, the, the passage there that you put off concerning the former conversation, that's the old lifestyle, the old man, which is corrupt according to what? Deceitful. What is it? Deceitful lust. Now, when we have the word lust in our mind, we always think something maybe more perverted or maybe something, uh, some physical act or something like that. But listen, it's anything that deceives us that we go after. And we do it with uh, fervency, if you will. 
and it's just not good for us. And so as we look at this, I want to talk about this process. Now, when I read this, there is a process that takes place here, and that process is this. Let me see if I got this thing on. Sanctification. Now, that's a big word, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, when I think about sanctification, I think about this. God cleaning me up. He's sanitizing me, if you will. <laughs> but the reason is, is that we're to become more holy in our life. So it's the idea of sanctification. And so there's a process that takes place, sanctification. And really what this is, and I want you to think about this for just a moment. How many of you in here tonight would say that God speaks to you at times, not in an audible voice, but you've read his word and he's spoken to your heart about something? Has that ever happened to you? Amen. Now here's the thing. How many times have you decided not to cooperate with God? You decided in your heart, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> now, I, I will tell you, there are times where I've done that, and, and it's not been beneficial for me personally. And there uh, has even been tears as a result of not obeying God. But here's the thing. Cooperating with God is when I read His Word. Now, think about this for just a moment. I read his word, I see that it says, be angry and do what? So what is it that I should not do? <laughs> yeah. And so how do I do avoid that sin? Well, not to get what? Angry, right? Now, he goes on and he teaches us other things in the scriptures, doesn't he? He said, be swift to what? Yeah. Hear, slow to speak, slow to what? Wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. So let me share something with you. He said, be angry and sin not. When we get angry, it does nothing for the, uh, the uh, righteousness of God. So here's the thing. In that area of your life, do you cooperate with God? Now, I'm just giving you one example. I can give you tons of examples, but what I'm saying to you is when you pick up the Bible and you read it, and you say to yourself, Am I actually cooperating with God in this area of my life? Am I doing that? And you know, it's not hard. You know, if I lie, then I am a liar. And Satan is the father of what? All lies. So I want to challenge you in your thinking. If you're lying, and you know the Bible says, thou shalt not lie, and you've picked up the word of God, and you've read it, and you've lied, are you, ready, doing what? cooperating with God. See, sanctification is this, that I start cooperating with what I see in the Word of God. Amen? So if God says be a cheerful, go ahead and say the word, giver. cheerful giver, and I am not, <laughs> am I cooperating with God? Are you with me? So the idea is, is when I open the Bible, what I want you to understand, this book is alive. It's real. Amen? And, and so Jesus Christ is the Word of God. How many of you have read John chapter 1 and verse 1? He is the Word, isn't he? And so it's alive. Jesus is alive. Therefore, he is the Word. The Word is alive. And so Jesus is saying, I want you to take this Word and clean yourself up with it. You do that by cooperating with God when you read his Word. Now, how many of you know when you're not cooperating with God? What happens? Something starts to happen inside of us. You can say the word if you know it. It's conviction, right? Do you get convicted about things? And you say, man, 
right? And so that comes, and you say, oh, I hate that. I know, so do I. I hate it when it comes sometimes, but it is God revealing to us, look, you're not cooperating with me. And by the way, if you are saved, are you ready for this? What resides in you? Holy Spirit. Does the Holy Spirit want to cooperate with God? He's in line with God, isn't he? So it is generally my flesh, my, my body, my self that wants to not cooperate with God. And so the idea of sanctification comes with this idea of cooperating with the Lord Jesus Christ for a changed life. Now here's the thing. I believe that according to the scriptures, it's a three-stage process. So here it is. You put off, be renewed, and put on. So it's a three-step process. So God's saying there's some things that need to come out of our lives. We need to change the way we think. And there's some things we need to bring into our lives. Would you agree with that? Based upon these three passages, would you agree with that statement? There's some things that need to come out of our lives. There's some things that we need to really start thinking about, changing our thinking. And there's some things we need to add in. And so God says, here's this three-stage process that has to happen. In the process of sanctification, that's exactly it. When you read it in the Word of God and it says, do not do this, you should stop. (laughs) When you read the Word of God and it says, do this, you should say, yes, Lord. Now, that is you changing your thinking about what you want and looking toward what His will is and I'm becoming sanctified by cooperating with my Heavenly Father. How many of you are following me? Huh? You have to cooperate with God. When you do not, by the way, I believe we grieve the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Where is He? He's in us, isn't He? And and we've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. They belong to Him, don't they? And so He's looking for us to cooperate. Now, this is a process that requires something. Uh, Let me see here. Where'd that go? There it is. It requires. What does it require? Truth. A process that requires truth and a changed way of thinking. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. Here it is. Sanctify them. What is that word that's up there in in the letter A? What is the word? Sanctification. Now God said in John 17, 17, sanctify them how? How did he say to sanctify them? With the word. And what is the word? It's truth, isn't it? And so God says, sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. And so to be sanctified, it takes truth to be sanctified. So when you open the Bible and you read it, you have to go in knowing that the word of God is truth. When I read it, God is not lying to you. He's telling you exactly what he desires of you. He's telling you exactly what he wants from you. And so it requires truth to change. So here's what I'm sharing with you. I'm not here to identify everybody's different sins that are in our lives. And if you're here tonight and you're saved, say amen. Amen. We're sinners saved by grace. Amen? Amen. By the way, if we're saved, guess what we still are? Sinners. And God is trying to help you become more conformed to the image of his son. For you to become more conformed to the image of His Son, you have to be sanctified. To be sanctified, you have to use truth. The Word of God is the truth, 
and I have to use it to get cleaned up. I have to use God's Word to get cleaned up. And so when God's Word says it, by the way, God's not making suggestions. <laughs> He's telling us what we ought to do. And so this process requires truth and, and a changed way of thinking. This begins with putting off process. Now let's talk about this for just a moment. He says in this passage that you put off concerning the former conversation. <clears throat> the former conversation. What that is, is this. The former conversation is cast off old behaviors. There's some old behaviors that we ought to do away with. And, and, and we ought to get rid of them. How many of you have ever seen a little kid stick their toe in their mouth and suck on it or bite their toe? Anybody ever see that? And we go, oh, look. You see? I'm, okay. I didn't want anybody else's sins told, but if Brother James were sitting here in the service right now and he had his foot up to his mouth and he was sucking on his toe, what would we be doing? Whoa. Something wrong with that guy. Well, you see an infant do it, right? And you see an infant do it and you go, oh, look, he's sucking on his toe. Isn't that so cute? But if Brother James were up here doing that, you'd be going, Whew, Pastor, man, you're going to have to go talk to Brother James. One, I don't want his shoes off. That's the first thing. And number two, he has his toe in his mouth. Probably need a breath there we go. <laughs> That's good. So here it is. The idea is that if I had a bad behavior, a behavior that needs to be changed, right? I need to cast it off. I need to get rid of it. Now listen, I'm not here to identify any of your sins, but there are some sins that are still present in our lives as saved people, amen? There are still some sins that are present in our lives as saved people, and God wants us to do something with that. He wants us to cast off those old behaviors. Those things that go contrary to His truth, He wants us to get rid of them. And so the putting off process requires us to change some behaviors at times. Now listen, <clears throat> I don't know any of your sins, but I know that we're all sinners, right? So there are bad behaviors in our lives, and God wants us to cast those things off. And so you have to, according to the truth, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. I have to go to the word of God, and I have to say, how's my life, you ready for this, lining up with God? Not how's my life lining up with Brother Duke or how's my life lining up with Brother Jim or Brother Chris? How's my life lining up with the Word of God? How am I doing? When I, when I look at God's Word and I look at my life, by the way, it's a wonderful mirror to hold up to look at yourself in, isn't it? And so you hold it up and you say, how am I lining up with this thing? And so the former conversation, uh, he's saying that you put off the former conversation, that you cast off those behaviors, those old things. Now, what does that require sometimes? Sometimes it requires me to maybe step away from some old friends. Would you agree? There might be some people I have to step away from because, man, every time I'm around them, I find myself heading down the path of sin. And, and you might have to kind of not do away with them because you might want to reach them with the gospel, but might not have that kind of fellowship with them, if you will. I have to move myself out of the way with them. Maybe there are some things that you have done or are doing. Maybe you're viewing things on the computer that you ought not be looking at. As a saved person, 
you ought to ask God to help you cast off some of those behaviors because they're not healthy for you. Maybe I find myself talking about other people too much. (laughs) And I'm trying to build myself up by putting other people down. By the way, that never works. You always look worse. I'm just sharing with you. When you put other people down to build yourself up, forget it. Most people are looking at you like, yeah, and who are you? (laughs) But maybe you're a gossip. And God says to your heart, you need to cast that behavior off. You need to get rid of that. And God wants you to move that out of your life. And so what does he want me to do in place of that? Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Isn't that what he tells us? He wants us to do something a little bit different than what we're doing. He wants us to reach out to people. He wants us to be an encouragement to them. So there's some of these old behaviors that need to go away. The other thing is this. One of the things when saved, I believe this with all my heart, that there should be change. I believe a person changes when they get saved. Now, you say, how do you, how do you know that? Well, when I go to James and I read the book of James, the book of James clearly teaches me that I am to become not just a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word. And anybody that's saved, I believe God puts an innate thing in us to want to do something about what we know now. We have a desire to start serving him. I think there's a change. Instead of serving myself and doing for myself, and I am the center of attention, I turn my attention toward God, and I want to start doing things for him and for his name's sake and for his glory. And, and my thinking starts to change. Do you understand that whenever you go into the Word of God, our thinking starts changing. If we start cooperating with God, He starts to sanctify us as we obey His truth and we do those things. God begins to work in our lives. And He begins to reveal to us, as you do these things, I want you to understand that I'm working in your life. And when you cooperate with God, He begins to sanctify that life that you have and He begins to cause you to take things and put it out of your life to get rid of them. And so whatever goes, now listen to this, contrary to the standard of God's Word is sin. And we need to look at it and not try to reason it away. We need to say, what is it that God wants me to do about what I see? Now having said that, one of the things we don't have a problem with is helping other people identify those things. And we are not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does reside in us, but we're not the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know this. The agent of change is the Holy Spirit. By the way, you're not the change agent for somebody. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is the agent of change. And so what I have to do when we have some of these new people coming into this church... Listen to me, folks. This is serious stuff. When we have new people walking through this door, we need to do everything we can not to play the Holy Spirit in their life, but to reach out to them and help them where they are to bring them along so that they understand truth, so that the agent of change can begin to work in their life. I am not the Holy Spirit, nor are you. Now, the Holy Spirit resides in me. Do I see sin in people's lives? Sure. 
And I'm sure you can look at my life and see sin in my life. But you are not the change agent, and neither am I. And you say, well, how do you help them? You show them truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is what? Truth. You show them what the Bible says. You don't come up as, well, I'm judging jury, and I'm about to tell you, and you're doing this, and let me tell you what you're doing wrong. And you say, well, I wouldn't talk to anybody like that. No, but our spirit can come across that way at times toward people. And what we have a responsibility to do is to help move those heathens to holy living. But you know, when you pick up the Bible and you read it, you ought to ask yourself those same questions. Am I cooperating with God? Am I doing what God's asking me to do and causing change to occur in my life by the power of the Holy Spirit, when I lift it up, the Spirit of the Lord will bring all things to my remembrance whatsoever He has said unto me. How many of you know that passage? So the Spirit of the Lord is the one that's working in your life. Now, discipleship is not dictatorship. Discipleship is you showing others what God's Word says and allowing God to work in their life just like He did yours. And you allow God to change people. You don't change people because if they change for you, they have not changed for God. (laughs) And so the challenge to us is, is when we have these things going on, understand that the agent of change is the Holy Spirit. Now, the old man is not the life that you now live. There's now something called what? A choice. A choice. You have a choice now. Now, I don't have time to go into all of this, but if you were to go in and read Romans chapter 6, and by the way, I challenge you to read the whole chapter because it's wonderful, but you read verses 1 through 7, and the Bible teaches us something there. And the fact is, is that now, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Why would you do that? Now listen, Paul's talking to people who are saved. So if you're saved, why do you continue in sin? By the time you get to verse 7, he says we've been freed from what? Sin. So here's what I want to tell you. You have a choice whether you sin or not. Do you know before you got saved, you didn't have a choice. You just did it. And sometimes probably happy that you did. But now you have a choice. And when you sin now and it happens, something comes upon us, or should. It's called conviction. Conviction should enter into our lives. And that conviction should cause us to search out the Word of God and saying, Lord, where am I in relationship to this? And am I cooperating with God? So as we think about this, the old man, the old man is not the life that you now live. There's now a choice. Now, the other thing that we have to understand, too, it takes time to change. Now, I do want to show this to you. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 6 real quick? And I'll show you this one real quick. Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Look at verse 11 with me, if you will. 
The Bible says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto... What's the word? But alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now I want to challenge you with something. When you read that, does that tell you you have a choice? When you read that, that tells you you have a choice, doesn't it? Because he said in that passage, and I just want you to notice what it says here. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. That means you can choose to do that or not. Because you can make a choice to not do that. Because he's pointing out to us, he says, uh, to not do this, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. In other words, don't obey that sinful body, that sinful thought, that sinful action, that, that sinful deed. Don't obey that. You see, this is where I've got to put Jesus in the middle of my thinking sometimes. And this is where it requires a change in thinking. If I'm getting hot under the collar, and I know the Bible says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God, I can put that in between from the time you started speaking to me till the time I respond to you, can I? I can put that right in between me and say I don't have to say anything. I don't have to respond. I can choose not to do that. Now the Bible said be angry and what? Sin not. So it didn't say you would never get upset or angry, but it told us not to sin when you get angry. How many of you would say, oh, every time I get angry, I'm sinless? How many of you would say, every time I get angry, I'm absolutely sinless? I would venture to guess that every time we get angry, somewhere along the line, we step off the edge. Agreed? We lose it sometimes. And we just get mad. And we get angry. And we begin to sin. Now, having shared that with you, what I want you to know, the old man... It's not a life that you now live. There's now a choice, and it takes time to change. And what it is is that we have to learn the Word of God and apply the Word of God so that we begin to change by the Word of God. How many of you caught that? We have to be in the Word of God, learning the Word of God, and allowing it to change us. And so we let God's Word begin to change us. Now let me move quickly here. Now, he talks about something here in uh, Ephesians and uh, chapter 4 there. In Ephesians chapter 4, he says um, that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, notice this, which is, what's the next word? Corrupt. The old man's corrupt. The old man is corrupt. There's nothing in this old flesh that's good. It's corrupt. And so when I look at this, the corrupt person is that, that old lifestyle that we're talking about there. The corrupt person is the lifestyle of that old man. It's the way you used to live. It's not, not now how you live. It's the way you used to live. And that needs to change. And the change agent is the Holy Spirit. And that happens by us being in the Word of God and then cooperating with what it says and God begins to sanctify us by His Word. He begins to change us. Now, the old man is full of something. He's full of delusions. 
<laughs> when you look up this word or this phrase, he said, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. It's delusional. They're delusional. And so what happens is, is they know not truth, and so what it is is you know truth, and when you don't apply it, you become delusional. You lose sight of what's truth. Now, full of deceitful lust, a life of delusion. By the way, it has this idea too, myth and superstition. <laughs> deceitful is like myth and superstition. And I, and I share this with you. I, I sincerely had a church member at one time that told me that they were saved, but they always read their horoscope so that they knew what the day held for them. Now help me out with that. Now, maybe I'm talking to you all, and you all read your horoscope every day because you are a Leo, or you're a Taurus, or you're a whatever, whatever those things are, and you're reading it every day so you know how to live your life. Are you serious? Now, here's the thing. When you look at this, that's delusional. How many of you would say, that's delusional to think? How many of you go down to the Hong Kong buffet, and you pull out that fortune cookie, and you go, there it is. I am so glad I read that this is going to change my life today. How many of you have ever done that? How many of you know they say, oh, it's just for fun? But I've seen people go, oh, did you read this? Look at this. Can you imagine that? That's my day now. And I'm telling you, why not pick up the truth? Amen? And here it is. Would we say that person is delusional? Would you agree? You think to yourself, why would you believe that? I'm going to read something that someone said because the stars align in a certain period of time and I was born in this month that this is going to happen to me today. Are you kidding me? And I look at stuff like that and I'm saying, I would say that person is delusional. Well, let me share with you what I believe. According to the scriptures, I think God looks down at us sometimes and when we're a saved person and we're operating on the old man principles, are you hearing me? I'm operating on the old man principles and God knows that you're saved and his word's over there and you're over here operating on the old man principles. I wonder what he thinks about us. I'm giving in to that deceitful what? Lust. That delusional thinking, isn't it? That delusional way of going. And God says, look, you have the truth right here. And so God wants us to come back to the center and to the truth. Now, the saved do not need nor should desire to return to the, what I call the old life. The old life. 2 Peter 2.20, Proverbs 26.11, and 2 Peter 2.22. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. <laughs> They know the truth, and they go and they do this stuff anyway. That's tough, isn't it? You know truth, and you go and do the wrong anyway. Now, why would it be worse for us? Where does judgment begin? At the house of God. And we go back and we do those things which are deceitful, <laughs> delusional, odd thinking, isn't it? And why in the world would you want to return to the pollutions of the world? Proverbs 26, 11, a dog, as a dog returneth to his vomit, so fool returneth to his what? Folly, doesn't he? He goes backwards. 
And, and then in 2 Peter 2.22, but it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that is washed to her wallowing in the mire. We go back to the old ways. Think about how delusional that is, that I come back over here and get involved in this stuff over here. And what I share with you, I told you about the horoscope, I told you about reading your fortune cookie, and we would look at someone, and if they base their day off of that, we would say, that's delusional thinking. And I think God looks down to us sometimes, and when we're over here trying to live in the old man, when we're the new man, when we've been saved, and God has given us his word, and we're walking over here, we're being delusional, aren't we? And we're dying in our deceitful lust. Now let me share this with you. The biblical pattern to maintaining a spiritually changed life, what does it require? I think it requires casting off the old man, the old life, the old lifestyle, and then this. It's up there. The Lord provides the model of change for the life of the believer to have a life of change, and I think we have to follow that pattern. Now here's what I'm going to do next Wednesday night. I'm going to talk about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. So we're going to talk about what God said. How do you become renewed in the spirit of your mind? How do you change your thinking? How do you go from where you are to changing your thinking? So here it is, this basic principle number 10, a life of change. It starts with sometimes just removing some things out of our life. It starts with removing some things out of our life. And then we're going to talk about being renewed in the spirit of our mind.